This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 385 for Thursday, January 11th, 2024. And in today's episode, I want to talk about something that really grinds my gears when it comes to Fujifilm and what their people are smoking when they come up with their new camera model names. Now, don't get me wrong, Fujifilm makes fantastic cameras, and they always have. And I'm a proud owner of six Fujifilm cameras in total, with owning the XE4, two X-T4s, an X-Pro3, a GFX50R, and an X-T1 with the infrared conversion. Now, my rant has to do with how they name their cameras sometimes. I mean, the X-T line just totally makes sense. You had the X-T1, the X-T2, the X-T3, the X-T4, and the X-T5 is the current model, current generation model in that line. And in the X-T10 line, you had the X-T10, the X-T20, the X-T30. And then instead of doing an X-T40, for some reason, they released an X-T30 Mark II which was odd, but again, makes a bit of sense that they would name the second version of the X-T30 with the Mark II moniker, the Roman numeral II. Again, makes total sense. Now, when they released the X-100 line, they started out making some sense, and now it's like they totally lost their minds. And let me explain. So, Fujifilm started out with the X100. And then they released the second generation called the X100S, with the S specifically designating that it was the second generation in that line. Then came the XT or the X100T. The T stood for third generation. And then they had the X100F, and the F stood for fourth generation. Again, they seem to be making sense. But then they got stuck because when they released the fifth generation of that model, they had to name it the X100V with the Roman numeral five. Since they couldn't use F again for five after they'd already used it for four, so they switched to using a Roman numeral. Ugh, it just <clears throat> drives me crazy. Okay, so now uh, in 2024, they're preparing to release release the next model in the X100 line, the sixth version of the X100 camera body. And again, they are going to call it, uh, according to rumors, they're going to call it the X100VI or six using the Roman numeral six. So, you know, they've gone back and forth. They started out alphabetic and now they've gone with Roman numerals. It's like, it's just like they can't make up their mind. They, they uh, painted themselves into a corner, if you will, uh, 
And now they're trying to get out of that corner they painted themselves into. Uh, it just kills me. Um, now, wouldn't it have made more sense to have started with Roman numerals to begin with? So you have the X100. Then you have the X100 Mark II, the X100 Mark III, the X100 Mark IV, and then the X100 Mark V, and the newest one, the X100 Mark VI. Now, I know the X100V is a super popular camera, and Fujifilm just could not make them fast enough. And I'm sure the new model, when it releases, will be just as popular, and Fujifilm will probably once again have a hard time keeping up with the orders. But such is life in the camera world. They could open a second factory to make that line of cameras so they could crank them out faster, but you're talking about millions of dollars to build and staff the new factory. And then what if the demand suddenly dries up? Now they are stuck with a second X100 factory they no longer need. Now, personally, I think if they're planning to continue the X100 line for a good long time, well, then it would make sense to just bite the bullet and open a second factory so you can produce them faster. I mean, it's not like they couldn't retool the factory down the road for a different camera line if the demand for the X100 line suddenly dropped off. But I honestly don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. The TikTokers have just made the X100 line absolutely explode. And it's not just the X100V. I mean, if you go online and you try to buy any of the X100 bodies, they are all ridiculously overpriced because the demand is just so insanely high. So if you're somebody like me that really wanted to get an X100V, it's not going to happen unless you're willing to pay stupid money for one. And I'm not. I'm not going to pay, you know, $2,500, $3,000 for a camera body that retailed for $1,400. I mean, it's just totally insane. Now, will I be able to get my hands on an X100 Mark VI? No idea, because I imagine the demand will be just as high for that one as it was for the five. So I have a feeling they're going to be, again, a hard body to get your hands on. And people are going to buy them at the retail price, and then they're going to turn around and eBay or Amazon them for $2,500, $3,000. And other people are going to be dumb enough to pay that kind of money for them. Which to me just makes no sense, because for that price, you could buy two of them instead of one. Uh, but maybe that's just me. All right, so consistently creating new content is not easy at all. And it requires a lot of focus and energy. It can be hard to balance those. Too much energy and you feel amped up and ready to bounce off the walls like a Super Bowl instead of feeling dialed in. And now I found the perfect solution in this little shot called Magic Mind. Magic Mind is perfect as I can easily incorporate it into my morning routine and I don't have to cut coffee out of my life completely, just scale it back some. Now, I used to start my mornings with six to eight cups of coffee because as I've gotten older, I found it harder to get started in the mornings and coffee has always been my go-to vice for that. I spent years when I was younger in the army and then some time as a truck driver while putting myself through college and coffee was always there. The problem is you can have too much caffeine and not only feel amped up, but as you get older, it can also cause a high resting heart rate, which is a problem that I was having until I found Magic Mind Shots. 
Now, Magic Mind is all natural with ingredients like matcha, which contains way less caffeine than than coffee, but it also has additional compounds that make the caffeine absorb slower into your body, making it more evened out. It's kind of like an extended release caffeine. Now, matcha also contains L-theanine that helps reduce stress and is only one of several all-natural ingredients that you can find in Magic Mind. And you can read about the rest of them on their website. Now, with this little shot, I can be awake, alert, and focused all day and get things done, whether it's in my IT work, my photography work, or making content for this podcast or my YouTube channel. I cut my coffee intake back to two cups a day and add Magic Mind, and I am good to go, and the shot tastes great as well. So you can't complain about that. So if you're like me and your to-do list seems endless and you want to maintain focus, be less stressed, and get things done without feeling amped up or crashing later on in the day, then you need to reach for Magic Mind like I did. Just head on over to the link in the show notes, which is https colon slash slash M-I-N-D dot C-O-M forward slash P-H-O-T-O-G-R-A-P-H-Y. Because the Magic Mind team created a super offer for me to share with all of my listeners. You get up to 56% off with your first subscription in the next 10 days and 20% off your one-time purchase with my personal code PHOTOGRAPHY20. That's P-H-O-T-O-G-R-A-P-H-Y-2-0. But hurry up, as that 56% discount only lasts for 10 days from this episode airing, and then it's gone. Now, if you're lucky enough to live near any of the Sprouts Farmer's Market locations across the country, you can also head on down to Sprouts and pick up a few bottles to give it a try, and then go back to the website and get that subscription discount. So I want to thank the wonderful folks at Magic Mind for being the sponsors of today's episode. All right, so continuing my rant on Fujifilm and their camera naming. Now, Fujifilm did the same kind of silliness with their GFX cameras as well, with their weird naming convention. First, you had the GFX 100. Then you had the GFX50S and eventually the GFX50R. Now, those are fine. Those are three different lines of cameras in the medium format space. Now, the GFX100 is their flagship medium format camera. It's big. It's expensive. It has a built-in battery grip like your flagship DSLR and mirrorless cameras from other makers do. So, it's it's a serious camera. And it was an expensive camera at $10,000. But then they came out with the 50S, which is also medium format, but instead of a 102 megapixel sensor, they scaled it back to 50.1 megapixels, or maybe it was 51.4, excuse me. Um, And they called it the S. The S was because the 50S had a DSLR body styling. So it was very similar in shape and form to a standard DSLR or Canon, Sony, or Nikon's mirrorless cameras, which still maintain that DSLR body styling or SLR body styling, if you if you will. So that makes sense, okay? Right? Right? S, SLR makes sense. But then they released the GFX100S, 
which is similar in styling to the GFX100, but smaller because it doesn't have a built-in battery grip. And it's only got some slightly bumped up performance specs with more frames per second and etc. But it's a similar physical design, just scaled down without the battery grip. And it's my understanding that when they released the GFX100S, the S stood for second. In other words, the second generation in that line. Now, bear with me. Just hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Next, they released the GFX50S2, which is the second generation for the GFX50S line. And again, it made sense as it still maintains the DSLR styling or the SLR styling. And the Mark II, Roman numeral II, designates that it's second generation. But what they did next just confused the heck out of myself and everyone else. Because next, they released the GFX100 Mark II, which is supposed to be the second camera in the GFX100 line. Except that it's smaller than the GFX100, has no built-in battery grip, and looks virtually identical to the GFX100S. With some slight tweaks. So if the GFX100S was called the 100S because it was the second in the line, then why is the new one called the GFX100 Mark II and not the GFX100T or Mark III? You see, you see what I'm getting at here, people? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. How can you release two camera bodies in the same line as the second generation in that line and give them totally different designations? And slightly, only slightly tweaked different body structure. But other than that, they're very similar in, in physical design and size and weight and everything else. Now, it almost seems to me like Fujifilm has different groups at the office picking the camera body names and that it's not the same group of people each year. And they don't bother to check the previous model names to see what it was called. So they just throw names into a hat and pull one out. And that name is the name for the new camera model. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, if you want to name the camera models with an alphabetic designation for each new generation, then stick with the alphabetic designation. You can't start with alphabetic and then change to Roman numerals. It just does not make any kind of sense. Where's the logic in that? Uh, but then they decided, oh, crap, we cannot name both the fourth and the fifth generation with an F designation. So now we'll switch to Roman numerals because we painted ourselves into a corner with alphabetic designations. If you want to use Roman numerals to differentiate each generation of your camera body, that's fine. That's exactly what Canon, Nikon, and Sony do. But stick to a single naming convention. It makes a lot more sense. And then you don't have to worry about two models having the same designation. Because the Roman numerals, of course, you're counting. So the number is going to change each time. It's going to be a different designation each time. But... I, like I said, it just makes no sense to me. They had the they have the perfect naming scheme scheme with the XT line, the XT10 line, and then the X100 line and the GFX100 line. It's like they just totally lost their minds in the middle of designing these cameras from each new generation. It's like they they lost track of what they did the previous release, and now they're just gonna throw it up against the wall and see what sticks. <laughs> so to speak. I, I know, I know. Maybe it's just my own personal pet peeve, but it still just bugs the crap out of me.
And I know I can't be the only one out there that's confused and irritated by this weird choice on Fujifilm's part. Again, I'm not bashing Fujifilm as a company. I love the company. I love their cameras. They do a fantastic job of giving us very beautiful, elegantly designed, reliable workhorse cameras. And I've had no complaints since I switched to Fujifilm from Canon. I've always been a fan of Fujifilm cameras. Over the 40 years I've been shooting, I've been doing photography, I've gone back and forth between Canon and Fujifilm. And those two have just always been my two favorites. And now in the mirrorless world, I know that sure Canon's got a leg up on Fujifilm because they do full frame and they got faster, more accurate autofocus in their mirrorless cameras, but Fuji's gaining on the rest of the market quickly. With their newest bodies with the X-H2 and the XS20, uh, excuse me, and the X-T5, they added that new fifth generation processor and they, they used some machine learning and they made their autofocus a lot faster, a lot more accurate, a lot more sticky. In other words, you know, walking onto the subject and staying with the subject. So they've really closed the gap a lot in the last couple of years with their autofocus system. So you can't really fault them there. And one of the big advantages, or two of the big advantages that Fujifilm has, the two main reasons why I love their cameras so much is I love that they style their cameras as if we're still shooting in the film era. They stick with that nostalgic design, that nostalgic look that old school shooters like myself really enjoy. I love being able to have a camera around my neck or in my hand that looks like a camera I carried back when all we shot was film, but I have all of the technology of mirrorless digital that is to me that's a win-win you're getting the best of both worlds that's my opinion but then you also you got to throw into the mix fuji's fantastic film simulations and the amazing thing here is their film simulations are made by the same guy that originally made their color film stocks the same guy he's still at the company and he's turned all of their color film stocks and monochrome film stocks into film simulations that they put into their cameras it's all baked right in so if you want to have the look of acris or provia or velvia or whatever your favorite favorite fuji film was film stock back in the day if you're an old old geezer like myself you can have that look digital digitally built into your camera it's baked right in if you shoot jpeg only it's already baked into the jpeg if you shoot jpeg plus raw the jpeg has it the raw does not you'll have to apply the film sim and post um, and if you shoot raw only like i do most of the time you'll have to apply the film simulations and post but that's fine they're already there. That's the beauty part. And that's why so many Fujifilm shooters shoot JPEG. They do straight out of camera photography, SOOC, because they love the look they get with those film simulations. They don't want or need to do any additional tweaking and post-processing. They just shoot them and put them out into the world straight out of camera. And that's a wonderful thing. That is a fantastic thing. 
And it's like I said, it's one of the two big reasons why Fujifilm shooters love Fujifilm. The third big reason, and I've talked about this before, is we love the physical aperture rings on the barrel of our lenses. Sure, all Fujifilm cameras are capable of manipulating the, uh, the aperture using the electronics in the camera body. You can use a dial to change the aperture, just set the lens to auto mode and on, the, on the aperture ring, set it to the A slot, which is auto mode, and you can use your command dial to change the aperture. But so many of us love to be able to change the aperture using a physical barrel dial on the lens itself, right there on the lens barrel. We love that, especially when it's a clicked aperture ring, where you get that satisfying little click as you turn it each stop. Those are the big things that we love about Fujifilm. But their naming conventions, at least for some of their camera body lines, <laughs> not so much. Oh, goodness. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you are in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group you can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on instagram facebook and twitter at liamphotoatl if you like abandoned buildings and history you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com all right everybody that's going to wrap up episode 385 of the liam photography podcast i want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcasts. If you're not currently a subscriber, why not? It's absolutely free. doesn't cost you anything. Just a second of your time to hit the subscribe button. Do it now, please, so you don't miss out on any of our episodes. And also, share out the show with your friends and family on social media and ask them to give a subscribe and listen. Hey, this show is friendly it is family friendly it is office friendly you don't have anything to worry about there no explicit language here just a nice podcast where i talk about photography videography camera bodies lenses action cameras people in the industry with interviews and so on and so forth and i'm gonna get some more interviews going before too long here i've been trying to get some lined up for 2024 uh, hopefully we'll be getting the wonderfully talented miss mrs ellie cat back on the show she is married now so <laughs> i have to call her mrs ellie cat instead of miss because uh, i don't want her husband to beat the crap out of me <laughs> i'm just kidding her husband dan's a wonderful guy all right that is it folks i will see you again next Thursday.